Play La Bamba, baby. The Edmonton Oilers get their first win of the season in pretty familiar fashion. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. And guess what? We can play La Bamba, baby, for the first time this season as the Edmonton Oilers take a 5-3 victory against the Vancouver Canucks in their season opener. We're going to take talk about uh, the game itself in general in a little bit here as there's a lot to talk about from this game. Uh, we will talk about the generality of the game in just a second, but also on today's episode... What went wrong for the Oilers? Yes, they did win, but not everything went to plan. In fact, Connor McDavid did say that, well, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong for the Edmonton Oilers. So what did go wrong and just what can the Oilers do to rectify that? Plus, it is an Edmonton Oilers game. So the good, the bad, and the ugly coming down from the game last night. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcasts. Ah, it seems like I'm si- I've said this every day this week, but what a day. The Edmonton Oilers start off their season last night against the Vancouver Canucks. And it was a familiar story for the Edmonton Oilers. Last year, coming out of the playoffs, or in the playoffs, really, the Edmonton Oilers gave up the first goal in what feels like every game, especially in those playoffs. And the Edmonton Oilers started that trend, or kept that trend going this Uh, season really in the season opener for the Edmonton Oilers as the Vancouver Canucks two minutes and 40 seconds in we're already up to nothing (sighs) two goals came 51 seconds apart for the Edmonton well for the Vancouver Canucks against the Edmonton Oilers And then at the start of the third period, the Vancouver Canucks took a 3-0 lead. Come the second period, the Edmonton Oilers were already down 3. But the Edmonton Oilers did claw back. They did score 5 unanswered against the Vancouver Canucks and would go on to win the game 5-3 at home. But it's the same issues once again for the Edmonton Oilers. They came into the season seemingly not really fixing the issue that they had at the end of last year. Now, some may say the issue last year was the goaltending, and the Edmonton Oilers have fixed that. Last night, Jack Campbell... 33 saves on 36 shots, a 917 save percentage in 10 of those. 33 saves coming on our play. Well, the Oilers weren't on. 
The Edmonton Oilers weren't on the power play a lot last night. They were on the penalty kill a lot last night. In fact, eight times the Edmonton Oilers were shorthanded against the Vancouver Canucks, but Jack Campbell did bail the Edmonton Oilers out numerous times. In fact, 10 times when the Oilers were shorthanded. And Connor McDavid mentioned they don't win that game without soup in net, without Jack Campbell. He stood on his head when he needed to. Three very difficult goals for him. A, a beautiful goal by uh, Elias Pettersson. Got around his pad, got him free, and it was just a jam, really, to try and get that puck out of the crease. The Oilers couldn't do it, and they're down one nothing. Uh, a snipe, an absolute snipe from uh, JT Miller on the second goal. Didn't have a lot of a chance or a big chance on that goal. Could he have saved it? Should he have saved it? Maybe. Depends on who you ask. It was a beautiful shot by JT Miller. You can't take that away from him there. And then the tic-tac-toe goal for Andre Kuzmenko. The Edmonton Oilers were in on uh, in the offseason this past offseason. Fortunately, he went to Vancouver. And at times, I'll be honest with you, Andre Kuzmenko ran the offense for the Vancouver Canucks. Maybe not necessarily with the puck all the time, but was consistently in the right areas. Took a lot of shots. If I'm not mistaken, five shots for Kuzmenko last night. And really made it difficult on the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the Edmonton Oilers made it easy for Andre Kuzmenko. If you went back and watched, and the Vancouver Canucks in general, if you go back and watch a lot of the breakouts and a lot of the opportunities from the Vancouver Canucks last night, you'd see a lot of puck watching from the Edmonton Oilers defenders, whether that's from a defenseman, from a, a backtracking forward, whatever it may be, very often the Edmonton Oilers were watching the puck and a player got in behind and have a, has a beautiful chance in on Jack Campbell. Thank goodness for Jack Campbell, as we're saying already, I touch my, my Texas Stars Jack Campbell jersey. The Edmonton Oilers, he bailed them out tonight. But let's talk about uh, uh, the good part for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, a hat trick. Another opening day hat trick. Who, who, who does this guy think he is? Like, come on. Who do you think? The best player in the world? Come on. Uh, three goals last night for McDavid and assist. Four points. He also had five Hits for the Edmonton Oilers. We will talk about the physicality in just a second. But Connor McDavid scoring his 700th point. In fact, he's all the way up to 701 with his hat trick goal. But 700 points in 488 games for Connor McDavid. I mean, come on. Almost two points per game. Well, 488, 700. That shows how good I am at math. But still, that is, that's fantastic. The best player in the world. Uh, take a bow. Uh, there's a reason for that. And it, if it wasn't for him and Leon Dreisaitl, as, as well as Jack Campbell, the Edmonton Oilers wouldn't have won last night against Vancouver. Leon Dreisaitl with a power play goal and two assists for three points. Darnell Nurse playing his first game under that $9.25 million contract. 
a little shaky at times. Some people said something. Some people said the other. But a goal and an assist for Darnell Nurse. And again, the penalty at the end of the first period, was it stupid? Yes, absolutely. But it set the tone. The Edmonton Oilers needed to be physical. And that's what ended up happening. It kind of started to, it was the start of the real chippiness in the game for uh, both the Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, I don't want to say it was a necessary penalty because the Vancouver Canucks did go on to score on that power play in the second period. But it was one that kind of jump-started the Edmonton Oilers there. Zach Hyman also with two points last night, two assists, two very hard-working assists. Zach Hyman, I mean, those were two points that, well, two assists that you just expect from Zach Hyman. Beautiful game from him as well. And we mentioned that we were going to talk about the physicality for the Edmonton Oilers. They outhit Vancouver last night, 39-31. to And you might be surprised by the hit lead in last night's game. You won't be so surprised by the guy who led the game in points or led the Oilers in hits, excuse me, I should say, as that was Evander Kane. Eight hits for Kaner last night against the Canucks. And then it gets a little interesting. Five hits, as mentioned, for Connor McDavid against the Canucks. Five hits for Yesapoyarvi. A lot of people love to say, oh, Poyarvi. He's a big body, but doesn't hit. He doesn't hit. Well, tied for second in the game for the Edmonton Oilers on hits. So, na 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 boo boo. That's uh, 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 on your face. Uh, just before we move on to what really went wrong for the Edmonton Oilers last night, I do just want to mention Dylan Holloway, an awful, awful, awful turnover that led to the first goal of the game. Sat for seven minutes after that uh, uh, giveaway. Only got eight minutes and six seconds of game time throughout the rest of the game. Second lowest to only Brad Malone. He also, in those eight minutes, though, registered four hits. So pretty impressive. But I don't want to see that type of, I don't know discipline on a player like that he only played three minutes or five minutes or whatever it was officially against the van or against the uh, Colorado Avalanche in his first game now in his second game his first regular season game where he starts on the second line only play him for like two minutes three minutes more than the other time that he was on the second line to start the game can't start getting into players' heads like that. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Look at what happened to Dimitri Samaru. I mean, the guy played three minutes for the Edmonton Oilers in his career and gets shipped off immediately. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Dylan Holloway, but I, I hate that. I hate that. Yes, he made a mistake. It was a costly mistake. But eight minutes and six seconds? 
he obviously sat on the bench for more than he played on the game or in the game, but he almost sat on the bench from the time that he first took his first shift of the game to his second shift of the game. It was seven minutes to his 8.06 in the game. I hate that. But either way, he wasn't the only one that did not have a very good game for the Edmonton Oilers. A lot went wrong for the Oilers last night. So what did go wrong for the Edmonton Oilers last night? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our partners over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth information with and articles on every game you can find uh, on BetOnline. They have everything for you. I- I'm telling you, some of the lines that they have, I-, I don't even know how you can figure out the lines for these games. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, who's in full swing of the postseason. Let's go Dodgers. The NBA, the NHL, obviously starting up this week. I mean, come on. MMA, UFC, boxing, golf, eSports is on there. If you want to take a look at the Mexican Baseball League, I don't know if they're in their playoffs yet, but you can probably take a look at those lines as well. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game Alrighty, moving on to what went wrong for the Edmonton Oilers last night. Because again, it seems like the same song and dance for the Edmonton Oilers as it was at the end of last season. Now the Edmonton Oilers, again, go down 3-0 against the Vancouver Canucks because they're falling into the same patterns as last year. So the first thing that the Edmonton Oilers, that really went wrong for the Edmonton Oilers, is that there was no sustained pressure in the Vancouver Canucks zone throughout basically all of the game. There were spurts in the second period, but as soon as they get momentum, they take a penalty. Oh, now the Edmonton Oilers are, are finally getting some puck movement in in the far end, and there's a penalty, and there's a giveaway, and there's something new. The Edmonton Oilers just could not get sustained pressure, sustained shots on Thatcher Demko, and it showed. Eight shots on goal in the first period, seven in the second period, finally got ten in the third, but it was a little, I don't want to say too little too late, because obviously the Oilers would go on to win the game, but where's that pressure the whole game? In the first two periods alone, Vancouver had 24 sh- or 28 shots, 14 in each period. Vancouver had 28 shots. The Edmonton Oilers had 15. Yet at the end of 40 minutes, it's 3-3. Imagine if the Edmonton Oilers had more shots on goal. And imagine if the Edmonton Oilers didn't allow 36 shots on goal 
at the same time. 36, maybe on the higher end of normal, you basically, I, I like to sit at most 30 shots against. I mean, that basically gives you 10 shots per against per period. Uh, but still, 36 shots to what eventually ended up being 25 for the Edmonton Oilers. Rather respectable, but it needs to be better for the Edmonton Oilers. That sustained puck pressure in the other end was awful. What was also awful was the puck distribution from the Edmonton Oilers. 17 giveaways for the Edmonton Oilers, five of them coming from Captain Connor. But the other thing is, is there was no zone exit at all from the Edmonton Oilers. It was a scramble on the boards. Anytime the Edmonton Oilers were trying to get the puck out of the zone and trying to build anything from the, the, the transition. Every time they hit the red line, they were dumping the puck in. Yes, they're probably the fastest team in the league. But you don't dump and chase every single time. Let's find some zone entries. Let's, let's, let's find a, a passing lane. Let's do something. Let's not just dump it in, change, and maybe get somebody in there uh, uh, ahead of the, the defenseman. How many times the Edmonton Oilers get called on a chintzy, chintzy, chintzy uh, 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 icing when they're only a couple of steps away from the red line? Yes, that may be more on the linesman than the Oilers, but you can't put that, put the puck or the game really in the hands of the linesman like that, the officials, which we will talk about a little later on as well. But I'm not saying, I'm just saying horrible puck just from the Edmonton Oilers, other than Connor McDavid. I mean, he did have five giveaways, uh, but and same as Leon Dreisaitl, who didn't have that many giveaways, but those were the two best puck distributors for the Edmonton Oilers last night. However, <laughs> the forwards were relatively good. I'm not going to lie. The Edmonton Oilers forwards were very good for the Oilers last night. <sighs> Their defense wasn't. Ryan Murray was the best Edmonton Oiler out there. I don't care what you say. Uh, the, the skating on Ryan Murray. I don't know what happened over the last couple of days from preseason to now. Uh, he just did not showcase how good he was as a skater in preseason. But he got out there last night. Uh, beautiful transitions through the middle of the ice. Joined the rush a couple of times. His between the legs move on Connor Garland in tight in the slot. I mean, you sit there and go, oh yeah, I wonder how he went second overall in 2012. Uh, that's how. He was the Edmonton Oilers' best defenseman, and he shouldn't be. And that's not a knock on Ryan Murray. That's a knock on everybody else. Evan Bouchard, his, his uh, defensive partner, was non-existent. He was invisible for the Oilers last night. A goal and assist for Nurse, yes, that was pretty good, but depending on who you ask, not a fantastic game in general for him. A bad penalty at the end of the first period was sometimes, uh, was definitely found puck watching quite often, but also just wasn't always in the best of positions at times. That is Darnell Nurse. You give that to him there. But you also want more zone entries for Darnell Nurse as well. 
not fantastic there. Tyson Berry was abysmal. Uh, I mean, bad giveaways from Barry, uh, lost in, 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 in the transition sometimes. Just not a good game for him. Not a good game for Brett Kulak either. One of the few times uh, since Brett Kulak has become an Edmonton Oiler where I just went, what, what's happening? There are numerous times during the game where I went, oh, that's a bad play. Oh, Kulak got caught. Ooh, Kulak made a bad play in general. <laughs> And it just wasn't a good game for the Edmonton Oilers defensemen. We'll see how that really affects the Oilers going forward. When Nimalainen joins the club, Roberg joins anytime soon. I don't know. It wasn't good. Cody Cece, I would give also a pretty deep too, but uh, did get caught in a couple goals as well. In fact, the Andre Kuzmanko goal went right through his legs. Beautiful pass from, I believe it was Elias Pettersson. Uh, uh, no, a mid-game. I hate saying that, but mid-game for ODC. Again, Ryan Murray, best defense for the Edmonton Oilers last night. And finally, too much time spent in the penalty box and too much time on the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers last night. Eight penalties. Eight penalties for the Edmonton Oilers. Eight times they were short-handed, I should say, realistically, for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, in our next segment, in our last segment for today, I'm going to talk about the refs, because... Yeah, man. But when it gets to eight penalties... You can't blame the refs on that. You are doing <laughs> some really bad things on the ice. You are undisciplined is the best word for it. Uh, we'll talk about the discipline as well in the final segment too, but you can't be shorthanded eight times. And Yes, the Edmonton Oilers uh, penalty kill did their job quite often, and Jack Campbell won the game for the Edmonton Oilers. Ten saves on those penalty kills. And put your and your defense as well in that situation. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly to wrap up today's episode. Uh, as hey, it's an Oilers uh, post game really uh, day as we get our first good, bad, and ugly of this. It feels so nice to be able to do that. We'll do that in just a second, but first. I want to thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen today. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Audacity, and wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, as mentioned, it is an Edmonton Oilers post game. So, the good, the bad, and the ugly from last night's game against the Vancouver Canucks. Starting off with the good, that's Connor McDavid. Let's let's be real here. Uh, three goals, one assist, four points, five hits for him. As already mentioned, seven hundred points. In 488 NHL games, another, well, actually 701 uh, points for him in 488 games. 
another season opening hat trick for the best player in the world. I mean, what did you expect from Connor McDavid? Already four points to start the season for the Edmonton Oilers. I, I was also debating putting Ryan Murray in here. Had to put Connor McDavid for the, the, the milestones, but Ryan Murray, uh, a great a bright spot for the Edmonton Oilers in a, in a little bit of a shady game last night. Let's get into the bad, and that is the discipline. The Edmonton Oilers were undisciplined, as mentioned already. Eight penalties for the Oilers, and... Some of them were stupid. The Darnell Nurse penalty was stupid. The Yesapuli RV penalty, as I wasn't too big of a fan of the call at the time, and still a relatively stupid penalty. And the first McDavid penalty, that was an undisciplined call. Got uh, two ahead of himself. The Oilers were down 2 nothing at the time. A bad cross-check from him from behind. Uh, you can't be taking those penalties. You can't be letting... The Vancouver Canucks have a very good power play, and especially you see it now with Andre Kuzmenko. We mentioned back when Kuzmenko was a free agent, if you go back, I wanted Andre Kuzmenko really bad on the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, it was down to Vancouver or Edmonton. He goes to Vancouver, and you see why a lot of teams wanted him in that game. Just an absolute buzzsaw, if I'm going to be honest. He's kind of what Nail Yakupov was supposed to be. Maybe not. Maybe I'm being a little too uh, dramatic here. But uh, again, just a buzzsaw all over the place. Uh, you can't let that power play. Elias Pettersson, Vasily Podkolzin at times is on that power play. JT Miller, Tanner Pearson. I mean, they have guys all over their, their roster. Connor Garland, obviously. Quinn Hughes had 60 assists last year. 60. Oh. That is insane. That's five more than what Leon Dreisaitl had last year. That's impressive. You can't let a power play with a puck distributor like that, a finisher like Kuzmenko, a, a facilitator like a, a, a JT Miller or, or a, a Tanner Pierce, can't let them just go out and run amok. And that's what the Edmonton Oilers did. Did they get away with it? A little bit. But you can't do that, it, especially with teams like Calgary, uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. You can't be doing that against teams with fantastic offensive threats. You can't. Um, but that doesn't come without the ugly. All those penalties don't come without the ugly. And that was the officiating. Now I know a lot of people. I'm sure you're going. Oh yes, Brett's talking about the official. Hey, I I give dues where dues are are are, are deserved. I I'll be the first one to say I I hate obviously saying a game was in the referee's hands, but the officials last night had too much of an influence on the outcome of the game. 15 penalties were called last night. Five of the eight goals were scored on special teams. Because one goal was scored shorthanded by the Edmonton Oilers. 
four of the uh, four of those five were scored on the power play. The Edmonton Oilers, four of the Oilers' five goals were scored on the power play, or on, on special teams, I should say. Three of them on the power play. And on the first goal, you saw the high stick from Evander Kane to Quinn Hughes, and Bruce was not happy about that. Nobody were, was happy about that call. It was a missed call. Vander Kane, yes, he did stick him. Could you make the argument that he was? it was a natural position and he was trying to get into his position? Yes, probably. But it was a high stick. He can't get away from that. Potentially even broke uh, Quinn Hughes' nose. It's like I've seen people uh, talking about that as well. And they weren't always the best calls either. Leon Dreisaitl's penalty on the back check was awful. I mean, he didn't even gain an advantage from this interference call. He was the one who went down. How was that an interference call? Uh, the Ryan Nugent Hopkins trip. Little finicky. Yes, did he get his feet? Mm-hmm. Maybe for a second. But I don't think it really affected him going down either way. It was a touchy call there. The McDavid call, the 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 trip on the, the play that he was lifting the stick. How do you get a trip when your stick is level with the guy's hips? What? The Evander Kane goaltender interference was awful. Awful. I mean, and you could put the Esapoli RV1 in there as well. I think that was touchy. It could be also an awful penalty. But I think <laughs> Curtis Lazar, or maybe that's Neymar. I can't tell because you, you could have said it was a little bit of a dive as well. And it was certainly a dive by Thatcher Demko too. That was uh, uh, some soccer stuff right there. That was a dive and a half. But uh, hey, First game of the season for uh, the referees as well. So just to recap, the good from last night, Connor McDavid with an honorable mention to Ryan Murray. Uh, The bad is the discipline and the ugly is the officiating. Ah, guess what, everybody? You get to play La Bamba. As the Edmonton Oilers win their first game of the season, 5-3 5-3 against the Vancouver Canucks. 1-0-0 to start the season. How about that? The Edmonton Oilers are back in action on Saturday in the first installment of the Battle of Alberta. This season, the first Battle of Alberta since the Western Conference semifinal last year. The, the second round of the, the playoffs last year from... Uh, the Battle of Alberta. I, you can't not get almost romantic about it. How exciting. We shall talk to you tomorrow. It's almost Friday. Not yet. I'm not going to sing it. not going to sing it. We do it tomorrow. Either way, I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. We'll see you on Friday. Stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And this one's for you, Ben. Play La Bamba, baby. <laughs>